Yeah. Hey guys, oh, yeah. welcome to episode 60 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. Oh, I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host, who weekly I try to bring to light Ooh. that he is a competitive player, Big Tuck. Uh, I'm going to make this one real quick. Uh, hey, mazes and mazettes. Again, you guys are going to figure this one out soon uh, if you haven't already. But before we get into me asking Mr. Combo how tired he looks, which we'll get into shortly because you're seeing a little seeing a little thing. I do want to say that I am very much enjoying this provided Rock Creek Wet Hot California Common given to us from the brewery off the canyon line. That's right. They love it. So it is delicious. And boy, does it taste good to finally have them come to their senses. I'm so upset right now. (sighs) So uh, that's very exciting. And uh, I'm very happy that they're uh, trusting us in the podcast. But besides that, I'm doing pretty good, I suppose. Uh, Nothing to complain about here. Uh, The weather's been perfect for me. I haven't been sweating profusely as much, so that's been a big plus. (laughs) Um, But Mr. Combo, I will say... Did your air conditioning go out again? You're looking a little you're looking a little rough around the edges. I look fine. That's true, I actually. And for fine. those playing the home game, I know he doesn't talk about it. Mr. Combo is looking very svelte these days. So he's been really trying, and you can tell. Oh, well, I appreciate it because my weight stayed the same. What? But really? I'll take it all the same. Yeah. It's all muscle, baby. It's all muscle. It's just like in the old days. <laughs> uh, I think it's all what some would call BS. Uh, <laughs> I'm just filled with nonstop BS because I'm in sales. Uh, but no, I- I'm-, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, work this week has honestly really sucked. Oh, sure. Uh, I hate, hate, hate this little group of coworkers that I have to the nth degree. This is the new, this is a new normal for you right because a bunch of them got yes. laid off and then you got a new you like inherited a new group of rigmarole right yeah and i had already heard kind of bad things about this group that i got um from my mentor but then um you know i was like hey I- i'm fresh guy and he's old as hell so you know yeah. what i'll probably you don't, know what, just you don't know anything old man <laughs> The only thing you know is Medicare. Um, (laughs) um, You know, the first two weeks we were on the honeymoon. It was great. But then it's just sucked for the last month plus. Um, And I was I was chatting with a member of the team that I actually have a great relationship with. I've had him since day one, since I've been at my organization. And I kind of told him, I was like, you know what? Thinking back on it, the first two weeks was great because I was the one putting in all the effort. Now that... I don't really now that I'm not putting in all the effort to bring this group into things. They don't do anything for me and they didn't even do anything in the first two weeks. It's we're supposed to do this whole team mentality and I'm supposed to be like the team leader, but I'm no one's boss and I hate stuff like yeah, that. That's weird. That's weird. Like that. that's weird. Like, just just either make this person like, hey, they aren't your boss, but like you report kind of to them with the strategy and they set everything and you just kind of go that direction or don't have it at all and say, Hey, you guys are a bunch of rogue warriors and you should go out and do your own thing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like reflective of the deck strategies that we do, right? Where it's like some people, when you build a deck, you have your commander and it's all from that. Right. But then other times when you're building it, you're really building the deck around like a select group of cards that all kind of run off Mm -hmm. and do their own thing. Right. They report to the commander, but the commander kind of um, enables the rest of the deck. Very similar, and I can't believe this metaphor worked for pretty much what we're talking about today. So, completely off the cuff on that one, but boy, does it work. 
But outside of that, I'm super excited because uh, this will air next Friday. So uh, this will actually be the Friday after my birthday. My birthday was Monday. Hey. Uh, turned Trace Trace. That's 33. Right. You're an old, you're an old man. Speakers. It's a real old uh, man. I am an old man. But I'm excited because tonight, as this episode airs, a good old buddy of mine and friend of the collective Ultra Budget Bruce is driving up with six of his buddies uh, from their hometown to uh, hang out with us for the weekend, which is awesome. Uh, we've been yep. talking all summer about how we want to play some IRL magic, but schedules and COVID and stuff like that. I, well, I'm not going to say COVID's calmed down because we don't have a vaccine yet, but I just think now people know how to handle themselves. Right. We've, with we've it. entered the new, and, we've entered the new normal phase, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, they're they're coming in town tonight. Get in around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Um, I'm going to order a bunch of Minskis. So we're going to have a bunch of pizza, play and get blacked out drunk. It's going to be great. And then Saturday morning, we're going to play from like eleven to seven. Uh, I'll probably get blacked out. Drunk. Say black drive back. <laughs> so uh, also. So I have some good news for you, my friend. I will be. <gasps> Do you have it? What? Are you bringing it? Yes. I'm. Yes. I'm making an entire new batch of. Oh yeah. The Blood Moon Moonshine, and Ooh, I talked I'm to. So excited. I talked to a guy today who taught who taught me like this filtering technique. So I think it's going to be even clearer and smoother than before. If you can believe it. I can't. Oh, uh, I can believe it. That blows it. my mind. Absolutely. Okay, we're getting it. hacked. Mr. Combo, I thought you said this is a secure, secure server. It's election year. Uh, it is. Who is this? But I have what? Hold on. Not ready for that bit yet, because Tuck, you haven't heard the special surprise that I have for Saturday. <laughs> Damn it. That was a great bit, too. But what do you got? I know. But we're wasting the bit. Um, friend of us, Ali, uh, lives down the street from me. I had to go over to his house and help him out, get some meat into his fridge. Oh, it wasn't just any delivered. meat, by the way. It was some it wasn't. prodigious meat. Yes, uh, so I had to take it out of the bag because I couldn't fit it in because the bag was too big. He had Wagyu brisket. Yes. Ooh. Oh, he and told so me about it. I, he cooked it. I, I he didn't cook it. He just texted me and he yeah, said it was awesome. Yeah, I went to the website, ordered Wagyu sausages for cheese and crackers and uh, meat. I ordered Wagyu hot dogs, Wagyu beef patties, and a Wagyu like big like loin to use for like a pot roast <laughs> why are you gonna only invite me over on friday is the real yeah, question i was I gonna to say, say like why don't Who i is this? just eat in the Ident yard identify yourself caller <laughs> this is a secure channel and no for those playing the home game i'm not letting this bit die who is this <laughs> uh this is your favorite squeege mcgeege oh sweet uh, thank god Whew. yeah just thought i'd pop in say hello Try and get a little bit of Mr. Combo's beef. Um, I'd like, God, I'd like that. That can be interpreted in many ways. Aren't we, aren't we all? This will also be interpreted in many ways, but I would like to put it in my mouth. Put it in your mouth. That only gets interpreted one way. <laughs> you know what it is. We also say that you are also, in fact, going to hashtag suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The edit button's going to be heavy on this one. This is gonna, oh. I, th I think the late. I, th I feel like the late shows, the late recordings, are always like this. It's, it's always just a mess. But hey. slap happy bullshit. Yeah, exactly. We're feeling good. Well, if you guys want to know how to support us with more slap happy bullshit, 
<laughs> love that phrase uh, and all the content we put out head over to our sponsor level one game shop uh, they do sell all the magic accessories you need they do sell uh, sealed product uh, singles they do have board games all the tabletop stuff you need they're one of the best LGS's in the Midwest I'm gonna claim it don't know if it's true but I think it actually kind of is I think so yeah. um, so definitely go hook them up because they're the ones that give us the sweet monthly giveaways to then give to you if you would actually like to help us out financially, though, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have many different pledge levels, and the rewards can go from just getting access to the Discord for a dollar a month to, I will announce it here, we talked about it in the, the Discord and amongst the collective, if you join a minimum squeeze choir in the month of October through the new year, you will automatically, on top of the rewards that you get for whatever tier you sign up for, you're also going to get a CMD Tower ugly Christmas sweater. Oh, Can't wait. Yes. Now, the real question, yes. Mr. Combo, you are planning to wear that without any sort of undershirt, correct? Correct. Okay, great. Just want to make sure we're still on the same page with that. I'm planning to wear and, that for my studio sessions where you don't have to wear pants, apparently. That is true. And I've actually been texting with Mr. Magoo today on the design, and we are going to have this Christmas sweater littered with Easter eggs Oof. from the cast. Yes. Uh, there's going to be some hashtags. I'm coming for you. Jimmy's hidden on there. Sure. There's going to be a cute little Squee McGee hidden somewhere on there. There's going to be a blasted somewhere <laughs> hidden on there. What if uh, it's going to be great? What if we put this sweater on the reserve list where we promise never to print it again? It'll sell for like a thousand bucks a piece on eBay. And the best part is when you wear the sweater, you will get Hashtag sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you guys actually can't join our monthly patron community, but you actually still like to get the different coins and swag that we offer, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Um, if you have an issue ordering, please just shoot us a message. It is connected to Facebook, or you can uh, DM us on Twitter. Uh, we actually just had Nick Bundy. Uh, he was actually one of our giveaway winners mm -hmm. from back in December. Sure. Um, actually, think he won the Sir Gwyn Knights deck. So he actually is the first one to place an order today. And so Nick, per my promise, you're going to get something hashtag greasy oh, in your box. Yes. That could be anything. But if you guys can't help us out in either of those two ways, just share the content you're already watching and listening to because every little bit of an interaction from the collective does help. Pink Royal, it's great. Squee knocked it out of the park last week with my terrible singing. Actually made me sound not Awful. Hey, you know, a little reverb, I don't know how that a little, little tuning, no big deal. No big deal. I know, I'm basically T-Pain. That's what I do. That's what uh, I do. But of course, stay tuned to the end so you guys can get details on how you can win a... <gasps> it's a secret, because it's a new month, new giveaway! Oh, that's right! How quickly, how quickly the time turns. I know. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered our path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We correlate that to grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. They always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents, whether that's their hands, boards, graveyards, and on a rare chance, exile zone, that's hops. <laughs> 
Hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. I thought your last thing was going to be souls. <laughs> I'm not that dark yet. Yes. Uh, and then the next one's going to be, how does your deck actually close out, win games, so you can either go pass out, or what I typically do on Sundays, order copious amounts of Indian, Chinese, Mexican, or pizza. We call that yeast. Yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds uh, alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. I also like that you didn't give pizza to Italy. You you gave you gave everybody their own food, and you're like, now, now we're keeping pizza. Now this is a contentious point because pizza, as we know it, as Americans, is an American invention. That it's is very correct. different over over uh, where over yonder where the wine flows like beer. <laughs> sure, uh, and, th- and then we have a section that we can't really find a home for. Uh, they're just cards that you could have some sentimental attachment to, like maybe Shivan Dragon. God, I wish I owned one of those. Uh, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Wish I owned one of the older ones. I can make I might that have a couple. We can, we can do this. Uh, we actually call that the spice package. Not every beer has them, but spices and additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of hops in the fermentation that turns this California common into a wet California common. Uh, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, it's where we talk about it. But isn't every beer wet? Question mark. <laughs> and then to cap off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big taxonized cuts, recommendations to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So, without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we're starting a new theme. Uh, the first month, September, was, t- or I guess that was the second month. Yeah, because wasn't it, the first one was... We're, 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 this, we're three months in. First month was Commander Doesn't Matter. Right. Second month was Tribal. Tribal. Yep. Now, we're on to weird mechanics. And what better way <laughs> to do everyone's favorite weird mechanics? So we're talking Golos and his path for Maze's End. Yeah. This is Big Tuck's Maze's End deck, um, which I think that's everyone's Golos deck. It's either Golos combo <laughs> or Maze's so End. I have, so I have a point to that before we get into this. Uh, Golos is my commander. Uh, I, I knew there was going to be a lot of text reading tonight, so I am I went and put my glasses on. <laughs> so Golos Tower Pilgrim is five colorless uh, for a 3-5 legendary artifact creature scout. He's a rare from M20 and sitting at 250. When he enters the battlefield, uh, you may search the library for a land card, put that on the battlefield tap, and then shuffle your library. Mr. Combo, why don't you finish off? Because that's pretty much all I play him in the deck for. <laughs> uh, two in Wooburg, that's one of each color. Exile the top three cards for your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana cost. And I can't remember if you said it, but he's also a 3 5. Yes, correct. Um, so in reality, he is, as made mentioned earlier, he is just a vehicle for the real legendary of this deck which is maze's end which is one of my favorite cards ever printed so maze's end is a mythic rare land shockingly uh not a legendary though um that's from dragon's maze it enters the battlefield tapped um then you can tap one and add you can tap it and add one to your mana pool three tap return it to its owner's hand search the library for a gate card put it onto the battlefield then shuffle your library if you control 10 or more gates with different names you win the game so uh, this is another one of my Bizarro Frankenstein decks. And if you think this deck is disjointed <laughs> now, you should have seen it like a year ago. 
Um, so this was, I think, my first five-color deck, and now we're done with them, which is great because it's my, one of my least favorite things. So I think it started as like a bizarro version of like the defending curses deck. Where it was like oh, only yeah. defenders and curses, which was terrible. And then it went on to Hondens, which we'll get into later. And then it went to only alternate win cons, where it was every card that had an alternate win con on it. Turns out that's not very good. Um, and then now it became this this Maze's End deck. Um, so before the commander didn't really matter. Like you could have done Child of Laro, um, or you know, I had like that drag that spirit dragon that was like the rattlesnake card there for a minute. Um yeah. then I decided to go with Golos, obviously, to help me tutor up the actual commander in case I don't draw it or anything else. I will say this, we talked before about how like certain legendaries have a lot of sub archetypes underneath them. Golos has 48 <laughs> I counted 48 <laughs> tech, tar- tech archetypes under him as a Colas Weber commander. Um, so he's a really good fit for it. Um, usually, like I said, I never get around to the second ability. He's mostly just tutoring out a gate or Maze's End. Um, but yeah, this one, it's actually one of the, my decks that is when we used to play a lot IRL, it's kind of harder to do now. It's actually pretty fun to play. Um, it's pretty low stakes. Um for some reason, some people, <laughs> Mr. Combo, uh, always force it to get targeted early, despite there being thousands of other targets that are better, but I digress. Um, it's kind of one of those decks that we talked about, similar to my allies deck, where it's like, I don't really care if we're playing plane chase, or we're just kind of having fun, mixing up decks, whatever. This is the deck that usually comes out. Yeah, so, uh, okay, if I look at this in two different ways, A, I think I've only seen your Mace's End deck once or twice. I have played against uh, Budget Bruises a couple times, right. um, and it's it it's it's an interesting mechanic considering Gates as lands suck. Oh, the terrible! They all come in <laughs> uh, tapped. Also, tip of the hat to you. Almost all of your Gates are foil. I'm almost I'm almost there. I'm really close, and I, I don't think this has been updated. So I'm very, very close to having all of them, considering they're all like uh, 20 cent foils. Yes. Um, so I, I do like that. Um, and, you know, Maze's End is a win con. You see it coming from a country yeah, mile away. Yes. So it, it's not something that's just going to sneak the win. It's nothing that the gates are super oppressive. So it's fine. Um, now, if I pivot from Maze's End just to Golos, I actually would argue Golos is probably the most, as you had mentioned, uh, flexible five-color commander in existence. Actually, Mm -hmm. sorry, the most flexible commander printed because of the fact that he has one of each color in his cost, and you could build a three-color Golos Tireless Pilgrim deck, never use his Wooburg ability, but it's just like, yeah, five mana, I got a better sad robot sitting in my command zone, bring it out. I I love the flexibility with him, because I basically look at it, there's Golos, and there's Morphond. Mm -hmm. If you want to build Weird Tribal, you got Morphond. If you want to build anything else, and there's just not a clear fit for it, you go Golos. I love the card. I'm glad that it's still only two dollars and fifty cents i was really worried that this card was going to spike to like 10 15 just because it could be yeah. used in so many different ways well since it got banned from every non-commander format that it would be played in that's certainly that's true. um yeah and i agree with you and i think like one of the running themes we'll see in this deck is the fact that it says a land card is so critical yeah. right like we've talked about in this in this cast many times about like glacial chasm 
Length of the Dead, Maze of Ith, right? Like this this yeah. really helps fuel you and five four three five is still a good rate. Right. And if you do have some sort of like chromatic lantern shenanigans where you can do the thing, it's icing that's on top. Um, but what is not icing on top of this is the other two things that we're going to get into. Number one is the, yeah, average, distribution. the average CMC. I don't know what you're talking about. The average CMC of this deck <laughs> is uh, 377. So uh, a little on the hefty side of things. Um, I don't know. It, this if this was a deck that actually like cared about winning with and wasn't just something that bust out to have a have a fun time around the table, that'd scare me a lot more. Um, and there's some other stuff about the deck that probably could do some work, but I think we should just get right into the. Uh, uh, no, 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 absolutely not. After Big Tuck roasted me last week for my colors being off. Let's see, Big Tuck's pie chart. He has a perfect <laughs> five pie of colors. Just perfect division <laughs> among them all. Uh, except, ladies and germs, his mana symbols. Almost half of his deck needs green. Um, and then when we talk about black, his most underused color, he has a total of one, two, three, four, five cards in the deck that actually need black. Like, what, what, what the hell? <laughs> I have already done, so I've tried to do this heavily. I think the reasons why it's skewed a little bit is because I have to have all the guild gates in. So if if this was not a guild gate deck, I could cut the ones that have black in it, and it would look a lot better. Uh, okay, well, to that point then, you could cut your one swamp, put in another forest. You could cut your two mountains because out of the seven black symbols, you only have 10 red symbols in the entire deck. So cut those two mountains. Oh, by the way, the 10 red symbols, you only have 11 blue symbols in the deck. So there's four islands that we could probably get rid of. You have so much fat you could get rid of and load up in green. Now, of course, this is a running bit that's been going on now over a year. Big Tuck, has it ever backfired on you uh, not having enough green to be able to play your cards? I, I don't think so. Like, because I'm running the gates, this deck runs extraordinarily slow. So you pretty much, and the fact that most of the things we'll talk about get lands, I've always been able to kind of like shenagle around into what I'm getting. Um, however, yeah, there's some work to be done. Um, also, for a lands matters deck, we have a total of, I believe, 36, which seems... Maybe a little low. Um, so compared, like similar to your Aloro deck, I think a good start is just cutting some cards for lands of any variety, probably forests or forest types, and then going from there. Yes. Um, yeah, because I, I just did the math. 51%, or sorry, 49% per, of your deck needs green. 51% is the other the rest four colors. <laughs> well, good you, you, God. Got, you, you got me there, Riggs. Um, and then cost-wise, uh, this is a very budget-friendly deck. Granted, tapped out's a little confusing. It says your TCG player range is $202.91 to $186. Yeah, all right. What? I, I didn't know 186 was worth more than 202 I'm not going to lie to you. I also thought that was extraordinarily high. I thought this was like under 100 Really? But I, over the years, there's cards that are much similar to our discussions previous. There are, card, there are cards in this deck that are way better than the deck is itself, but the deck <laughs> needs to function, so it's kind of hard to cut them. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. All right, well, let, let's actually get into this guy. Let's start with the grains. Big Tuck, start us off. What's your first green card? So this is one that came out of the Kitty Cats deck, was the first time I've ever seen it, um, and it's a green enchantment, which I think is very criminally underplayed. So we are talking about 
abundance. So two colors, yeah, green, green. Oh, what? I was looking at you in your eyes for the signal. <laughs> He's giving up. All right, so abundance, two colors, green, <laughs> green for though. rare enchantment. Uh, it's from originally Lorwyn, I think, and it's a dollar sixty-one. Yeah, that's fine. I deserve to read the block of text. Yeah. If you would draw a card, you may instead choose land or non-land and reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal the card of the chosen kind. Put that card into your hand. All other cards revealed on the bottom of your library in any order. So I'm sure the reason we both picked it is because you can pick land, get to your gates. But the other thing I like about it is the fact that you can stack the bottom of your library. Mm -hmm. You don't have any bottom library manipulation, so that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But something like this, you're going you're to be going through a lot of the deck. And it's like, okay, well, once I get to this point, it would be nice, you know, out of this stack of 20 till I finally got my land. I would actually like to get to this card sooner. Right. That is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I, there's not a whole lot to talk about this. I... This is a card that I think is kind of kind of does like a bad impersonation and bad impersonation of a Miri's Guile or a Sylvan Library sort of effect, right? Yeah. Mostly because it costs a lot for what you're getting. Um, but for a budget relative card, I think it does a lot, right? Like if you're in the pinch where you need a land, you can get a land. If you're in the pinch where you need something else, you can get it. Um, and again, <laughs> what else is this card that we love? Modal. It just doesn't say it on it. Yeah. So, um, again, yeah, the, in this thing, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that you do have to reveal the card yeah. to your opponents. That anything, anytime it's ever, whether it's a tutor or one of these reveal until you get this card and it doesn't even come immediately to the battlefield, you're just giving your opponents free information. Right. You hope that it benefits you more than them, but it's I, to me, it's 50-50 because it just depends on the game yep. board at the time. I totally agree. And the last thing I'll say about this is... Um, Two things. It's every time you draw a card. So if you're playing like green blue where you're drawing a fair amount of cards, you can sack that. Mm -hmm. And then it's also a May ability. So you don't always have to do it. So some flexibility in there, sure. which is consistent with the cost. All right. Uh, so my second one is a one drop enchantment um, <laughs> coming in at a cool 12 bucks. Oof. And it, it's one that's interesting. Um, I see it get played on competitive tables, and I'm like, huh, that's a great card. But then every time I play it, I'm like, huh, I don't have any more lands with that in my hand. <laughs> yeah, this card, what this card, card am I talking about? Talking about burgeoning. Yeah. <laughs> so one green enchantment. Whenever any opponent plays a land, you may choose a land from your hand and put it into play. Oh God. The plant said, "We will fight the stone with root and stem and seed. We are patient. We will win." Sky Shroud, Myth of the Forest. Uh, that's how I imagine uh, the forest talks. Plants, I, I don't yeah. know why it sounds like a Muppet show, but it does. Hashtag whiny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in this deck, granted, you mentioned it, kind of like my lower deck. You probably just need to cut some cards to get some more lands <laughs> in. Being at thirty-six, I don't feel like burgeoning's probably doing as much for you mm -hmm. as we would think. But as I will get to in my next green card, you do have a lot of ramp cards that don't necessarily put them to the battlefield, right. but to hand. So that's where I think burgeoning is kind of unique. You play it turn one, you might get out an extra land or two, but then you're going to be out by right. the time your next you by the time you untap. But I think you're okay with that because then that at least is getting you. You talked about a three seven seven. If you could open up your turn two with three lands, that feels real good. Yeah, I agree. And and that's the that's the curse of the burgeoning, right? Like every time you need it, you don't have it, and then whenever you draw yeah. it, it feels bad. So for me, it's almost like I think this is 
equivalent to a soul ring to some extent, right? Where the earlier you can get it, the better. And then late game, yeah. it's a little dead card, right? But the chance of getting this with three lands in your opening hand is well worth the risk of running it. And again, just being able to get those lands out on other people's turns, then they untap. Most of my lands in here come into play untapped, like straight up tapped with no conditions. So. <laughs> Well, and, and then the one thing I will say that also is a feel bad about burgeoning. Granted, you haven't built your deck this way. You have one quote unquote fetch land with evolving wilds in the deck. <laughs> but the fact that burgeoning says from hand, that does kind of suck. I wish it just said you may play a land because then, you know, you could, oh, if I have Crucible of the Worlds, I could play it from the graveyard. Right, uh, you know, play right, those right. fetch lands, get the extra value. That would be really nice. And I'm surprised it even states from hand, considering this card is so old. I think it's pre-fetch lands yeah. so that, that is a little interesting mm -hmm. yeah no I, I agree so again high risk high reward cool. all right tuck what's your second card so uh our old pals of wizards decided to do me a huge favor when they made uh the new ravnica series and they made one that was i think probably the best card in the deck and we are talking it's not a straight route nor is it a rectangular route. It's a circuitous route. So circuitous route is also, and also this follows the trend of them just making, them reprinting cards that are just functionally better than old cards. Three colors and a green <laughs> for sorcery and 70 cents. It's an uncommon search library for up to two basic land cards and or gate cards. Put them on the battlefield tap and then shuffle your library. The shortest path between two points is not always the safest. Tamiya, comma, district, hashtag coward, because you're not trying to get there as efficiently as possible. So this is kind of a bread and butter card, and the only reason why I want to bring this in is because, A, I mean, what more do you want, right? Get two gates and put them on the battlefield tap. They're all coming in tap, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And B, this is a card that's really interesting because I think for people who are running budget land bases, this kind of gives them a borderline excuse to potentially run gates, right? No, maybe yeah. maybe one, maybe two. And if you're like struggling to find that last two color mana in green, if you're running, let's say, um, three colors in green, right? Being able to have a card that can go get one of those bad lands and put it on the battlefield, not to hand, I think is pretty interesting. So... And to clarify, Big Tuck did not mean Badlands, the Aber duel. He just means bad, <laughs> not good lands. lands. Um, <laughs> as much as the uh, command zone is meant for children, and as much as I am, come for you, Jimmy. They did start off the thing of don't play guild gates, which I mostly agree with. However, with this card on an extreme budget, you can kind of get away with it. Yeah, uh, I, there's not much to say yeah. there. Uh, obviously. I, I, I try not to play bad mana bases <laughs> oh, uh, whenever you possible. You don't say. <laughs> um, so something like this is worthless to me because I would just rather play Sky Shard Claim. <laughs> um, literally, I think I just throw these away. Oh. But uh, I get it for the deck, and, yeah. and it's literally, like you said, Wizards gave you a gif-wrapped thing with Ra yeah. Return to Ravnica, um, or Guild to Ravnica. Both, both of them. The whole set had both of them have game oh, okay. cards in yeah. it, yeah. 
you know, being able to bring the specific Tudor gate cards to the battlefield is humongous. Yep. Coming in at 70 cents, it kind of harkens back to this deck sitting at $200, but then, you know, you cut things like burgeoning, and as we'll get to more expensive cards later, you could probably build a Mazes End deck for, like, under 100 oh, yeah. Maybe 80 I bet, I bet Andrew's deck. Um, and it would probably function a lot like yours. I bet Andrew's deck probably functions better than mine and costs half, those, half as much. <laughs> Ooh, maybe uh, he'll have to bring it. Well, my last card is a card that we've talked about in the alternate universe. That's MTG Action oh. 4 News. Um, what a program. It's, what a program. It, it's, it's a very modal card. I get why it's a grain, but it can also be a hops. This card's amazing. It's phenomenal. We're talking about Nylea's Intervention. I hate, I hate you. Why? I gave you... Uh, I pitched you a slow ball to talk about, and you skipped right over it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm like looking at the deck list. Uh, I, I, are you talking about it? I'm going to now. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me continue with Nylea's intervention. Uh, coming at a cool 62 cents. Seriously, this is just a better circuitous route. Mm -hmm. uh, X green green sorcery. It's a rare. Choose one. I'll read the one that's not. It's nice to have. Nylea's Intervention deals twice X damage to each creature with flying. You don't have a ton of flyers, if any, maybe one or two. Um, th this card just wrecks house. Flyers are becoming more and more of a thing in EDH as things are producing token flyers. Right. Uh, people are getting more universal flying effects. It, that, it's just a deal. It's nice to have late in the game. But here's the reason why this card uh, riggedy wrecks. Search your library for X land cards, reveal them, and then put them into your hand and shuffle your library. Well, I just talked about how burgeoning, it kind of feels bad once you run out, but honestly, a turn two Nylea's intervention for X equals two, go get two gates to hand. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, boom, boom. Now it's, well, I probably have four gates, maybe five by turn three. I'm almost there. Away. I completely agree. Um, these, as mentioned, as made mentioned, these intervention cards are all across the board very good, in my opinion. And again, I think the big difference, like we'll talk about over and over again, is that if it said basic, not a good card. Basic land card, yeah. not very good. Um, but the fact that it's any land card to hand is bonkers. Um, even if you pay two, what? Oh, you, you figured you figure, you figure it out? Ball. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, so Nalia's intervention is great. Um, Mr. Combo, you failed me again, so now I have to do this, which you know how much this pains me. We were talking about the deck <laughs> where a Mr. Combo Spice All-Star actually belongs. We were talking about Amulet of Vigor. Colorless hey, it used to belong in my decks. It used to. Colorless, you... Oh, man, I got a story about this one. I'm... <sighs> Amulet of Vigor, colorless for an artifact for $22. Way overpriced. It's a rare from World Wake. Whenever a permanent enters the battlefield under whenever the permanent enters the battlefield tapped and under your control, untap it. After years of study, I've learned an important lesson. The relic we watch may be watching us back. Enwan the Rune Sage, or if you will, Enerwan the new rogue daddy. Uh, so, Boo. Mr. Combo, a million years ago, bought this card. I, he's the only reason why it's cost $22. So when I was living in Fort Collins <laughs> drink and building this deck for the first time, I rushed out to get one. And thankfully, one of the few times I listened to you, which is rare, I got this for like $9. <laughs> and I only have one copy. And yep. we have found a deck that this actually makes sense to play in. 
every single guild gate, including the backup, the real commander, comes into play tapped, having a card that this is like the this is like the Norn the wary of this deck. If I have this in my opener, yeah. I'm keeping it. Unless I, I'll, if it's like this and no lands. Probably not keeping it. This in one land, probably not keeping it. This in two I lands. I still love how you say probably not keeping it. With no land hand, Amulet of Vigor, probably not keeping I, it. You I'll never know. It. You never know. You could get your abundance and then you're just done as soon as you get to that thing. So I can't believe you didn't take the bait for this. And I, I'm guessing it's because you didn't even see it in the deck because there's no reason for the end here. You are but, correct. But congratulations, Mr. Combo. One of, your, one of your all-time spice cards is in the main board. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So th this card, I'm, I'm glad you went and picked one up for nine bucks. I think I ended up getting when I first played EDH, I put it in every single deck along with Alter of the Brood yeah. because my mindset was just like, oh, these are one drops and they do stuff as the game progresses, but no one's going to kill it right, immediately. Right. And so, you know, that's why I ended up getting so many. But yes, it has been slowly coming out of decks because now I don't need and it. Now you probably have like have... five that you can go trade for another dual land. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, no, Duel Lands now are too expensive. Mm. <laughs> That's out of Mr. Combo's budget now. <laughs> I, I didn't get that COVID money. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the green bill. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I'm going to start this off with... You're, you're not running Crucible of the Worlds, but you're running the creature version in the deck. Uh, I love this card because where I have seen Mazes in decks fail is you, you, you get milled. You lose your, you lose either Maze's End or you lose enough guilds, uh, guild gates to where you just can't do it. So Ramanop Excavator will get you yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Two colorless green creature, Naga Naga Sake. Why is it not a snake? Because it's stupid. And also for those playing the bingo card, put it down. Uh, cleric. Uh, it's a two three. You may play land cards from your graveyard. It's literally Crucible of the Worlds on a yep. body, hence why it's $5. I, I don't think this would normally be 5 bucks, but because Crucible can literally do so much with combo decks, um, and it's just good value. So the world's was... I can't do a snake thing. <laughs> much more than Confines of Nakodamon. Uh So I, I love that you have this card in the deck. I wish you had a Crucible in there, but I'm guessing you just don't have an extra laying around i have one crucible and it's in muldratha which is a deck that i can actually enjoy playing so it will stay there there you go um but you know when we, we traditionally when you see the crucible of the world effects and decks it's because they have fetch lands mm -hmm. whether it's slow fetches or normal fetches you only have an evolving wild which is just a crap fetch but that's okay the reason you want it, like I said, is people are going to mill you out somehow. Right. Is it going to be making you draw too many cards and have discount discard down to hand size? Are they going to like tutor your own library and try to like put something to the or, graveyard? Or they play Lord uh, Race like somebody and then they just wasteland your your guild gates over and over and over again for no reason, and everyone at the table just lets them do it because they're dummies. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a pretty good reason. I'm getting rid of your win con slowly but surely. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I love I love that you have it in here because this does protect you from jerks like myself. Yeah, there's I, like you said, there's not much there's not so, not much more to say. The only thing I'll say on this is, if you are interested in this card, I would suggest picking them up now because it wasn't too long ago where these was this is like two fifty. So if if uh, the excavator is something you're looking for, grab them while you can. All right. So what is your first hops card? So we talked a lot about the land thing matters. And I think this card kind of fills both roles with this in terms of the land type, right? 
land, not basic. So Broken Bond is a card I'm going with. It's a colorless and a green. It's an uncommon for 38 cents. Um, it's a sorcery, destroy target artifact or enchantment. You may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield. I can't bear to see another plane broken before I make my own home hole. I'm sorry, but my watch is over. Which is like my okay, Jones. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It was it was a bad thing. So um, this card, the fact that it's a sorcery is a kind of big bummer. However, yeah. the fact that it does destroy artifact enchantments very important as we talked about over and over again. And again, if it said you may put a basic land from your hand in the battlefield, trash. But for me, this yep. is just like this card does something and accelerates me towards the win cut. Yeah, I like it. I think if it costs more than two, I would cut it. Oh, um, even for just a disenchant, because it's just like uh, two is just not worth mm-hmm. it. But or sorry, three, but two mana, it, it's palatable. Yes. I'll just put it there. I it, It's very much like your circuitous route to where I would not run it in literally any other deck. <laughs> right. But in this deck, it does make a lot of sense. Just because, like, and to your point, there's so many other spells at this thing that will ramp you with basics. And and you mm-hmm. just, like, I when I first built this deck, I had a lot of that just to ramp, and then I realized I had no way to get my guild gates into play. So now it's like every single effect that I can find that says target land or go get a yeah. land and that sort of thing made it so again nothing that exciting but i think kind of a cool card overall hey you be excited about your boring deck yeah it's nice it's a weird mechanic this is not a boring deck right. at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh so my next card is a modality board wipe i actually really really like this card so wait is there a goat on... I have a glass on. Is there a goat in the artwork? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Fortunate few. Fortunate few. Three colorless white white. It's a sorcery. It's a rare. Dot, dot, dot. Is it over? Coming in at a hot 44 cents. Choose a non-land permanent you don't control. Then each other player chooses a non-land permanent he or she doesn't control that hasn't been chosen this way. Destroy all other non-land permanents. So the thing I like about this card is a it's perfect for your deck because it does talk about non-land permanence, um, which is huge. Right. But the second thing is this actually plays perfectly into how you bamboozle our playgroup and people out in the wild. Because the true way to play this is you know the jerk is playing Maze's End, so you just you don't give them anything. The person that plays it they have to pick something. Nothing says pick something on a player that hasn't been chosen yet right. or pick to your player to your right. It's just pick a non-land permanent. So you can say, okay, uh, Squee, I'll let you keep that elf token. And then Squee can just be like, okay, Big Tuck, um, Mr. Combo, keep your soul ring. And I can be like, uh, okay, Squee, keep that um, that you control. And then Tuck just gets nothing. He just gets a board wipe. That's how it should be played. But knowing Big Tuck, he's going to be like, hey, guys, hey, guys, here's the thing. I'm I'm doing this to help us out. This guy's getting crazy. You know, if I play this board wipe, you know, I'll choose one of your things if you choose this thing that I have. And then, you know what, you choose this thing that I have and then I'll get rid of the scary guy. That's exactly what you do. You're, you're, You're basically the magic version of... Uh, David Blaine. It's like, look over here. We're going to call it hashtag uh, lies. No. Yes, it is hashtag lies. No. You remember Did that I time help? you lied to I me and made a deal I'm and then took it back? Have yeah. fun, right? Lies. Some people get too far out and we're just all trying to get back. Look at it. He's doing it again. He's doing it right now. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird one. And the only thing, this is a very interesting card because I I think it's really coolly designed. I'm not sure what other deck this really works in, right? Because effectively, like if I have a Maze's End, if I have Maze's End in hand or in the battlefield, I don't really need much else, right? Like it, it takes yeah. forever to get there. But some people, when they have a board wipe, when you need a grease, um, it's it takes them a long time to come back from it. So I agree. Like modal modal thing makes your opponents make the choice. <laughs> what more do you need? So it's a great card. And so I will say this though, it it is nice that it does say just destroy all other oh, permanents because sure. there is a lot of stuff that can give indestructible. But I also like that it just says choose a non-land permanent, not target right. non-land permanent because you get around shroud and stuff like that. Um, so interesting card. I like it for your deck. I hate it that you specifically run it. So big time. What is your next? This is my last one. We're yes. talking about a card. Where I'm looking down on all the people on the board, and I'm seeing a lot of sin. I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of misplays. I'm seeing a lot of hashtag cowards. Maybe some oh. hashtag greasy plays going on. And I'm gonna send upon them. Send upon the sinful. Four colors, <laughs> white white for what I think is still a mythic rare. Um, it's a buck. Above the cr- such a bad mythic oh, rare. Oh, it's really bad. Above I could tell by Christ. your voice that like usually you go mythic, but you were like, it's a mythic rare. It's a mythic rare. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you even called it a rare. <laughs> it's, from, it's from Shadows Under Strahd. So, anyways, um, above the cries, a phrase rang out: "You will all be saved." When I board wipe the board and save everyone from someone else winning the game immediately, exile all creatures. Pretty much all, all I played for. And then every once in a while, <laughs> Delirium, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. I run a lot of board wipes in this deck because guess how I lose in this deck? Someone plays three creatures and I have no way to stop them. So <laughs> pretty much uh, that's all this card is. Um, this card also, I've run this in another deck. Um, which you talked about my tenant uh, tokens deck just because it does give you a token out of it and every once in a while you will get a decent blocker or someone you can go in for four damage every once in a while with but mostly it's for exiling all creatures right getting rid of problematic commanders getting rid of problematic creatures that sort of thing yeah uh, it's a little it's a little it's, it's a little slimy it's a little slimy card yeah it, it, it's not great yes. there's a myriad of just better cards in white. Um, I'm trying to look through my de- one of my deck lists right now. I thought I had it on my Karametra deck. Um, there's literally one that I think is four colorless white white. Is it Exile All Non-Land Permanents? Um, I'm drawing a blank on it. There's a couple. There's but, a couple of those sort of things, right? And and to your point, like yeah. looking at you, Winds of Abandon, one of your pet cards. <laughs> Arguably, just a better yeah. card. Uh, I, I do, I do think though. You, like I said, I've only seen uh, a Mazes End deck played a handful of times, and at all of those times, it seems like the Mazes End player actually gets a pretty hefty graveyard. So, Delirium, you you may have it, and you may get a four four, which could save your life down the down right. the line. Um, but 
Yeah, the, I, I think the biggest thing to take away is it does exile. Mm-hmm. Anything that exiles all creatures is something you cannot overlook, even if it is overcosted at six mana with a terrible mechanic that I hope they never bring yes, back. Agreed. Agree on all that. <laughs> all right. Well, my last one. We're talking about a Mardu card uh, that I literally got to see played a couple weeks ago, um, and the only reason the person played it is because I had a very scary big creature on my board, uh, and it sucked that I had to get rid of it. So we're talking about Crackling Doom. So for Mordu, red, white, black, it's an instant rare for 49 cents. I'm kind of surprised it's not more expensive, to be honest. It's, it's been reprinted um, a handful of times. So. Mm. Do not fear the lightning. Fear the one it obeys. So it deals two damage to each opponent. Irrelevant. The reason you have it in the deck <laughs> is each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls. The fact that it doesn't even say each player is amazing because it's not like you have creatures that you can just willy-nilly give up. You kind of need your blockers in your defense. And you're only playing this when someone has a Blightsteel, a Emmercruel, a you know, massive not a massive army, but a massive creature that's maybe commanding and buffing an army. That's the only time you're playing this guy. Uh, I don't have much to say right now, but I will have more to say. Oh, it's being cut. Likely. Likely going to be cut. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to the yeast package and Big Tuck start us off. I'm going to start with this card because, honestly, I forgot I had more than one copy of it, and I'm kind of ashamed it's in this deck. Um, we are talking about our favorite plant elemental, brings all of his friends to the table, uh, Avenger of Zendikar. So, five colorless green green for a 5-5 five, five creature elemental. It's a mythic, 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 actually completely deserves its title there. When it enters the battlefield, create a 0-1 uh Green plant creature token for each land you control. The landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a 1-1 counter on each plant creature you control. So, Mr. Combo, I have a question for you. Do you think that every once in a while when I play this deck, there's a non-significant chance that no one's going to let me actually do my win con? Yes. Correct. So, because of that, I have to have some other way to win. <laughs> and um, for the for the value that Avenger gets you, it's one of the easiest ways to go, right? So, this it's it's kind of like I think Avenger is a really great card. It is kind of one of those cards that's it, this is this is a uh, greasy card in the sense where it's it's just a go, right? Like if you play yeah. lands and it's a late game, you put this down and you're probably going to win unless someone has a board, right? And even for me, a- maybe, maybe though, because yeah. here's the issue is that hopefully at that point in the game to where Tuck, maybe you've given up on the mazes in. It's like, okay, now it's going to one off a of damage. You have a lot of land tutors. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you haven't gotten all of your lands or most of your lands out of your right. deck because then you just got 15 zero one plants with nothing, nothing to do. <laughs> But I will. I will also say that this deck um, and something I'm gonna. Wor- I'm continuing to work it for or towards is this is not a deck that wins off combat damage, right? This is a deck that you need to. You even if I have 1501s, that's gonna prevent me from being killed a handful of turns. So, sure. Again, we for a card that's so rampant, Baylots in this deck. Or in, in EDH, we haven't really talked about this card a lot, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, well, it's because you and I really don't run it. Yeah, I, I, only, I only have two. I think I have one in this and one in Prosh, and that's it. 
I might have one in Wind Grace, and that's a stretch. Yeah, I think I think you I think um, you do. Yeah, and so Adventure is in a car. Overall, great card. I think for this deck with the way that mazes end, because I this is the way I personally feel. I don't own a mazes end deck, but I feel like in the early and mid game, if you're not literally doing a ramp spell of some effect every single turn, you're failing at what your deck wants to do. And so obviously you're building to do that. And so you're doing that, but then it's late game. Maybe your mazes in got stopped. Right. Maybe someone has a platinum angel and it's just like, ah, I can't win right now. Something's happening there. I just feel like at that point, okay, I play Avengers Endicar, I get 15, 20 plants. Well, hopefully I draw another land and make them 1-1s. One like, <laughs> honestly, when Squee has 20 one, one elves, I'm not scared of 20 one, one elves. What I'm scared of is when those 20 one, one elves get a Triumph of the Hordes or something to right, that effect, right. which obviously your deck's not going to do that because you're not trying to win off combat yeah, damage. The only, so so the, only, the only hidden tech I'll say is that Maze's End does pounce itself back to your hand. So there have been times where I play Maze's End like two times in a turn. It's a rangey one, so I'm just saying you always get your hand <laughs> drop. However, you are right. Oh, it, right. This is this is like this is the I need to live two more turns, maybe, or maybe pick off someone if the life total is low enough. Yeah, and I think if this was my deck, I would probably knowing that mindset, I'd probably put Avengers in a card, probably more in hops. Yeah, that's like a, that's, a great, that's a great point. So, uh, but like we talked about, this is a modality card for this deck to where it's primarily probably here for defense to bide me time to figure it out or to b bounce enough lands exactly. to actually be able to do something. So, all right. My first card is a very, very good card because EDH is all about drawing cards. People are going to have lots of cards at some point in the game. And probably when you're playing this, everyone has a lot of cards. So three, two, one. Drum Seekers. Seekers. Four colorless green, green creature, elf scout. It's a rare and it's a zero, zero. Damn. Oh, big Tuck, why is it a zero, zero? I knew I, knew I wore my glasses for a reason. Realm Seekers enters the battlefield with X, one, one counters on it, where X is the total number of cards in all players' hands. Then for two colors and a green, you can remove a 1-1 counter from Realm Seekers, search your library for a land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. I like it a lot because I think it does a couple things for you. One, our playgroup loves drawing cards. Some people have a sweaty amount of cards <laughs> in their hands. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's potentially coming out being a in a four-person pod, probably like a 15-15 minimum, possibly even a 20-20. I mean, it's just, he's going to be huge. And so that is a humongous hit face that maybe you're going to smack someone for, but it also fuels your alternate win con thing you like to do with Maze's End to where, oh, I got like 18 mana now left over that I still don't have anything to do. I'll just pay a bunch of mana, get all the lands. Maybe you have Avengers into car, you pump all the plants and kill someone. There's lots of different rigmaroles that you could do. With exactly. Um, and the, I've only seen this card... I have never cast this card myself, but <laughs> I was in a pod in Fort Collins. Here we are. Uh, where someone played this and it came out as a 2020 and someone was playing uh, a similar to Empress Galena deck and this next turn just stole it. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> so here we are. Yes. I, and again, it all, it all boils down to a land. Not a yep. basic, not a non-basic, which I guess would be cool too, but just the fact that you can do this thing, right? 
It's a great defensive card if you have to swing in on it, if you have to. You can also get the damage in there, but mostly it's for that second ability, right? But yes, Realm Seekers, I really look forward to casting it at some point, but who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what is your last yeast card? So, at some point, somebody, if they're playing the game correctly, is going to kill Maze's End. I have ways to get it back, and then I also have ways where it doesn't matter. But there is a card for two mana that can win the game in of itself. And this is from the original uh, Gate Crash, I think. We're talking about Crackling Perimeter. <laughs> Call us in red for an enchantment. It's a uncommon for 23 cents. Figure that one out. As the path he sought came into focus, oh, Niv-Mizzet, friend of the show, took steps to prevent others from approaching it. <laughs> Tap and untap gate you control. It uh, Cackling Perimeter deals one damage to each opponent. And that is the key. Not target, not anything else. Each opponent. So there are times where, uh, actually, I this also has never happened, but when I'm sitting in, you know, right after my hard cry in my hot shower and I have some more shower thoughts, <laughs> I can think of a day where someone kills his maze end and then I draw this one with 10, 6, seven guild gates out be able to do my thing but if i don't have anything else to do turn them out turn them into damage right you have i have my protections built up for my hops i've i've destroyed all the creatures that i can and i have something to do right so that's as you may mention earlier the stack kind of can can happen where there's not a lot to do and yeah. this is one of the cards I that's mean, the most aggressive in the deck so, you know, something that you might want to consider doing, um, I'm not, I just thought of this, so I'm not cutting it and suggesting this kind of path, but I think something you might want to consider is getting some damage doublers in the deck and maybe cut some of the creatures that are just gate centric, yeah. not obviously like the realm seekers, but since, since you're done like gate breaker Ram, like that, we'll that's be talking about him laser. <laughs> <laughs> but cutting something like that for uh, just a damage doubler, because then it's like, okay, my Maze's End win con's gone. Maybe get rid of Approach of the Second Sun and Gatebreaker Rain. Oh, dare and you. now it's just like, oh, tap tap 10 gates, and now I'm going to deal 20 damage, 40 damage. Some, or I mean, something like that could actually have some legs. Um, I have, in fact, won a game off of Approach in this deck, so it's staying in. It's so good. Oh, God. Bad magic players. All right. Well, well actually, you're right. So uh, I have two left. Um, one I've talked about throughout the throughout this episode, how the way I see Maces and get shut down is mill you out. Just you're going to lose yep. them one way or the other. Am I strip mining your stuff left and right? Am I actually alter the brooding you to death? Uh, is Nathan <laughs> I showing up? <laughs> I am shutting your deck down. Um, so Splendid Reclamation oh. 100% staple in a Mazes End deck. You have to have it. Yep. And if you don't run it because you don't think it's a staple, then you're a fool. So, three colorless green. It's a rare from Eldritch Moon. It's a sorcery. Return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. No matter how much a plane has suffered, there is a way to restore it. Nissa Revenge. You think that's how Nissa sounds? So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so yeah, it, I mean, this basically, I mean, you talk about how the uh, crackling perimeter is your backup win con. Splendid Reclamation is your backup win con because that literally just gets your win con and you maybe win the game. Yeah. Like for basically five mana, Amulet of Vigor and Splendid Reclamation, you win on the spot. Yeah, I agree. Like this card's this this is a bulk rare from Eldritch Moon that's three dollars. I don't know bulk rare at three dollars. Like, like to me, bulk rare is like fifty cents. Normally, when you like, if we were playing Eldritch Moon and didn't know what Commander was, and we opened this, we'd be pissed off, right? Oh, so sure. the fact that it is three dollars okay. at a rare from this set. I mean, it gets. I guarantee you have one in your one grace deck. I guarantee you have this in other decks yeah. as well, right? Maybe I don't not. Think so. <laughs> All right. Well, at least one. But yes, completely agree. It, there's really not much. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said if you're running this deck and don't have this card, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call an IDT ten yeah, error. IDT ten T problem. All right. Wait, did uh, I teach you that, or did you learn from someone else? No, I've known that okay, for good. years. Excellent. That's that, uh, that's that corporate world jargon. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, my last East card. It actually makes sense to have in your 99, unlike your terrible Thrasios Vile Smasher <laughs> deck, even though it helped you win that one game. Uh, we're talking about Lord Windgrace. Um, amazing card for this deck. Um, potentially argue... Also, a staple if you're going to be doing Maze's End, and we'll get to why. Two colorless Jund, that would be black, red, and green. It's a legendary Planeswalker Windgrace. It's a mythic from Commander 18, and it comes in with five loyalty, and just for the kids and kittens at home, uh, he can be used as this your is, This is also, as discussed in this podcast, this is a real mythic, even though we were idiots when yes. we first looked at it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we weren't actually recording stuff then, thank God, because that would have been two years in a row that we were idiots <laughs> on sets. Um, so, Lord Windgrace, and you know what? Just remind the collective, when this card was pre leaked, leaked or previewed, I can't remember which one, everyone was livid. Oh. They were like, this is the trashiest card. It's this garbage. Is terrible. You're, tell you're telling me, I remember like, I think I was an Optiver drink. Oh. This got printed, and we're like, you're telling me this is the new Jund? Really? Yeah. Really? And now, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a workhorse. So he has three loyalty abilities. Plus two. Discard a card, then draw a card. If a land card is discarded this way, draw an additional card. Obviously, you're not going to be discarding um, gates, but you know what? You need a lot of green. You'll probably discard a swamp to draw two cards, or a plains, or a mountain, or an island, or any of these other cards that you do not need in the deck. But it is nice because it does get you a little card filtering. And traditionally, looting is not something I'd like to do. I don't like to pitch a card to get a card. Not a fan. But the fact that if you could pitch a land and get two, okay, at least I'm netting one. That is true card draw, not just card filtering. Yeah. Minus, well, actually, I'm going to do the minus 11 first. So his ultimate, destroy up to six target non-land permanents. They create six 2-2 two -two green cat warrior creature tokens with forest walk. I don't know if you're ever going to ultimate in this deck, just because I haven't seen a lot of defense. I can, I can tell you deck. for I don't, I don't know if you have a way to protect. I can tell it. you for a fact, I will never ultimate in this deck. <laughs> but here's why he is a workhorse in this deck and a yeast card. Once again, he could possibly win on the spot. Minus three, return up to two target land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. 
That is phenomenal. That is great. You need as many ways as you can to get your guild gates and mazes end out of the yard to the battlefield. Um, And if, once again, Amulet of Vigor, you have it, they're untapped and you win. It's bonkers. And I think, so, I do think that there are times where I will discard a guild gate, knowing that I'm setting myself up for the next turn to do the minus three. Mm -hmm. Because he's close... We've talked about actually he's there right because you can just plus two minus one plus two minus one plus two minus one like we talked about with other planeswalkers right it's plus two minus three wow uh your whole talk needs to go to the optometrist <laughs> that's not uh, great okay i, I guess i guess uh hashtag needs new glasses support the patreon <laughs> so there are times where i would discard a guild gate knowing that i can set it up and get two back if someone had destroyed one, especially if we get the Mace's End back and all that rigmarole. Sure. But all the points you said, um, <laughs> Wind Grace is a complete house, and the only reason why he's in this deck is because they shipped me the two for some reason when I bought it. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to the Spice, and uh, I know you guys love hearing me serenade you, so I'm going to keep going. There's only four options. So, mine is a black card. Oh my gosh. I picked this because I didn't think you would. Three, two, one. Mastermind's acquisition. Two colorless black black. It's a sorcery and it's rare. <laughs> uh, your, your old pal, Big Tux of Moron, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, choose one. Search your library for a card. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Second mode. Choose a card you own from outside the game. Put it into your hand. Another piece. Various puzzle. So I will say this. Initially, first glance, I was like, you're an idiot. Diabolic Tutor is the same and cheaper. So you could probably put this in a different deck that it matters. But Graveyard Hate is a thing. And I've been talking about when stuff goes to your graveyard, you need ways to get it back. Well, Rest in Peace is also a thing. What happens if Maze's End gets exiled? Now you get to grab your card back, I believe. So this is where I'm an idiot. Because if I remember correctly, when a if a card gets exiled from a graveyard or anywhere, it is not from outside of the game. Yeah, that's right. It's just an exile. So that more refers to wish boards, which we don't do. Correct. Um, and the reason why I chose this one is because uh, funny story. I'm an idiot. So I bought like I was going to buy like 15 copies of these and just replace every single diabolic tutor I have. Until I bought one and played it and realized, oh, that's not how it works. And there's a reason why this is $2, which is ironic because this is actually, so this is what's really nuts. This is the, this is, depending on the version you get, the cheaper version of Typog Tutor. There are some that are no, over $2. Diabolic Tutor, Diabolic Tutor is under a dollar. No, no, not anymore. Take a gander. What? Why you're doing? Which is also insane. Which is also why I'm glad when I blacked out one time and ordered ten of them by accident. I still have those lying around. But yes, so dude, it's sixty nine cents. <laughs> yes, Diabolic Tutor. Yes, Demonic Tutor is expensive. Well, I know that. Diabolic. I know that. Diabolic Tutor, sixty nine cents. Well, you're a crackhead. I am a crackhead. Big Big Tech's been doing the math. <laughs> so, um. To finish the story, I'm glad I didn't buy like 20 of these because I was going to. And second off, this does not work the way you want the two kids. So if they do exile my <laughs> graveyard, this card doesn't actually help me at all. Um, however, 
I think the design of it's really cool, and I wish it would actually do something to DDH, but here we are. Well, now that I better understand the card, I am literally changing my bottle cappings <laughs> right now to cut this piece of crap, because uh, it's not good. So, with that in mind, let's wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping, and as a reminder, these are going to be Big Tux and I's cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under $50, bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restrictions, we can't talk about mana-only lands. So, talk. Here's the thing. There are some juicy targets for you. <laughs> yeah, um, and one of them you may be a little shocked on. I just don't think it's that great. Fumigate, we're cutting it. Okay. We're getting rid of it. Sure. Three colorless, white, white. It's a sorcery and it's a rare, coming in at about a dollar. Destroy all creatures. You gain one life for each creature destroyed this way. Girapur's gremlin population poses a threat to the infrastructure of the fairgrounds. Threats must be eliminated. Sram, look at you, man. Just killing. Just killing um, kill those boys. I just, I just think there's better cards than this. <laughs> also, I wanted to give you... You're playing a flippin' five-color deck. Use your five colors. <laughs> so I wanted to give you something with some more sure. color diversity. So... What we are going to add... While you're looking that up, I will say that I put this... This was one where I replaced an even worse board wipe for it, so... I'm ready to continue that train going. So, um, I'm going to increase the CMC by two. So we're going to go to seven. It's a new card that you actually really like. Came out in Ikoria. I think you should add Ruinous Ultimatum oh. in replacement of it. Two red, three white, two black... Sorcery, destroy all non-land permanents your opponents control. Mm. Strike those abominations down. Let their names rot with their remains. General Kudro. Also related to Lisa Kudro. Also related to Wil Wilford Brimley. <laughs> He's got really? diabetes for sure. Uh, so I, I think Ruinous Ultimatum for two more mana does a lot more for you than just Fumigate. Because yes, you could get lucky and potentially squeeze in the pod, and he has 100 tokens, <laughs> you gain 100 life. Magical Christmas land. Sure. Nine times out of 10, you're gonna gain maybe eight, 10 life, which isn't nothing, but how about trading the eight to 10 life to also get rid of Heuristic Study, yep. Smothering Tithe, Ghostly Prison, Scroll Rack, all this other stuff, and it doesn't even touch your board. Right. So you may just have Golos and a Ghostly Prison and that's it, and you're like, I wouldn't really mind losing Golos, that's not a big deal, but now at least you get to keep the stuff for that two extra Yeah, minute. I agree. The, I, I agree with you 100%. The only thing I get wary of, and this is something that I need to workshop with the deck, actually, Depending on the cuts, this actually might make the mana curve slightly change. So the fact mm -hmm. that the fact that this is two, two red, three white, two black is a little scary. But I completely agree with you on that, right? Like, you, you shouldn't be scared because your color pie distribution <laughs> for your mana is perfect. Yeah, exactly. So you'll always have it's, the colors. It, it. <laughs> that being said, I do agree that there are key pieces of this deck that are non-lands and being able to keep them is actually very beneficial cool well what is your under five cut and head well mr combo <clears throat> i don't think we would be doing be doing this podcast justice if we didn't cut our least favorite card that's ever been printed 
Three, two, one. Rampage Bailoffs. Adios. Oh, you all suck. <laughs> we had a triumph last week. We had a triumph. In the right deck, this card is good, I think. Maybe only in maybe only in Omnath deck. So Rampage I, Bailoffs. I'm going to run tutors just to tutor this card to win more games. So I can't wait. Such a but bad in this name. deck, this card is a dead draw. Four colorless green green for 6-6 six, six, Trampler. <laughs> Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield of your control, you may create a 4-4 four, four green beast creature token. Hey, guess what? Whenever I get around to this card actually doing something, it's going to do me Jack Diddley. Uh, it's a, I'm not getting in the red zone. I have other things that can protect me. Um, and really after playing this deck, I need to be able to get my lands way more important than having blockers. Right? So I'm actually going to cut it for a card that came out, uh, last year and we're going to cut it for a card called Elvish Reclaimer. This is an interesting one. It's a one drop, one green. So my CMC is lowering by a bunch. Creature Elf Warrior, Squee, your favorite, one, two. It gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are three or more land cards in your graveyard. Might as well be blank. Okay. Fine, whatever, right? I don't care. Sure. Two, tap, sack a land. Search the library for a land card, put it on the battlefield, tap, and then shuffle huh. the library. That's interesting. It's interesting, right? So there have been games of when I've played this deck where I don't even see a, a guild gate in hand. I can't find mazes really? that I, believe me. Believe me, I was just shocked as you are. But really, what this card reads is two tap, sack something, go get Maze's End. Onto the battlefield. So that the next turn it can untap at instant speed. For one drop. Mm. And that's why I like this one. Like, granted, you're losing one, right? And if you do have three or more guild gates in your graveyard, I guess it's a, what, a 3-4 blocker? whatever yeah again just just for the fact that it's a one drop that can go filter through my filter through my deck and find me the pieces that i need from a guild gate perspective from a maze zen perspective makes it worth its weight in gold for me yeah i mean obviously rampaging bailoffs a trash card um it's a little too <laughs> greasy yeah so basically if you've been listening to us and now watching for the last year uh you know rampaging bailoff is always on the chopping block and uh um, and it's yet somehow in everybody's day yeah because we were all bad that you actually were cutting it as well i just did it a for the memes and b because it's our thing i there's a there is a world where this card is good in this deck i don't think it's a world that i live in though <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the reclaimer, I do like the idea of being able to filter. Uh, I get, I get it that it would be broken if you could do this. I wish you didn't have to tap. The summoning sickness kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like the fact that you load your CMC by five. You cut a green pip. I like that too. So yeah, I, I fully support that change. But what? It, so I'm All guessing right, so rampaging we'll, is your under fifty. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rearrange mine. Okay. So rampaging will be my cut for my under fifty. Um, for reasons, go listen to almost any other episode and you will hear why. Um, so initially I was hoping that these cards would have an under $5 option for you. Mm -hmm. Cause I thought it'd be cute to do a sub tribal theme in the deck, but turns out the cards are too expensive. So I just added one. Uh, it is the newest one in the bunch. It is everything but black. We're talking about Omnath, Locus of Creation. This was this was this so is this right is, this was right this was right there. I'm gonna sell it for you. 
Red, green, white, blue. Legendary creature elemental. It's a mythic. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Wow, Card Kingdom selling him for 10 bucks. Whoa! That's not bad. Keep it on up, baby. I got me, one. Let, Keep it going. Actually, uh, out of stock, out of stock. Yeah. Oh, that's because it's still in pre-order. Oh, and, okay. T, uh, t t tapped out's a lie, because when you go to Card Kingdom's website, it says $30. Yeah, I'm, see okay. I'm seeing 20 That's more what I thought it was. <laughs> um, all right, so here's what he does. Entrance the battlefield, draw a card. You need to draw cards. That's good. We increase all of your pips, except for black, by one. Yep. But he has landfall, and obviously you're playing, you've mentioned it, you'd like to play a couple lands per turn. When I land ETBs, you gain four life. People are hitting you. Yep. Gaining the four life is not inconsequential. If it's the first time this ability is resolved this turn. If it's the second time, though, add Omnath's mana cost back to your mana pool. You could probably use that for something. I don't know if that's that big of a deal, uh, to be frank. But Don't you mean to be Mr. He... Combo? Oh. Ooh. But what it really gets me is honestly the first trigger and the third trigger. If it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each Planeswalker you don't control. Planeswalkers will hurt your deck. Yep. They can be very oppressive, especially the newer ones with the static abilities. Being able to hit your opponents is helpful. Your drips and drabbings in it. And you do have lots of ways, burgeoning for example, mm -hmm. to play lands on other people's turns and maybe even multiple lands on right. people's turns. If you Nylead Intervention for seven and you got a full grip and it's like, go at it, do your yeah. fetch land. You know, I'm gonna gain four, get Wooberg, maybe cast an instant spell to remove something. I think Omnath gives you a lot of modality and he helps kind of even out your mana costs a little bit. Completely agree. And like May mentioned earlier, the way that if this deck can run at its best, you're playing Maze's End, bouncing it, getting it, getting the land of the battlefield, playing Maze's End right there, right? Or some sort of function of that, where you're playing Maze's End sure. more than once a turn. So yeah, I agree. I, and it's weird because I think most people would say that the second ability in this deck, in this card, is like the best. But in this deck, it's like fine-ish. Yeah. The, the only way the second ability actually works well for you in this deck, Tuck, because you do like to bounce Mesa's end, you pay three, bounce Mesa's end, get a gate out, you gain four life, you play Mesa's end, you get Wooberg back, maybe you have Amulet of Vigor, you use that four into Mesa's end, do it again. Yeah, I, totally. And on top of that, four will pay for Splendid Reclamation, or we'll have a huge chunk into Lord Windgrace. Like... Uh -huh. All of those other things. So yes, this was this was one that was on on the run for me. Oh man, just wait till we get the personal recommendation. <laughs> Can't wait to spend money on this deck and under play. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are you going to cut for your under fifty? And what are you going to add? So we talked about this, and um, I read a tweet because I'm trying to be more present on the Twitterverse, and I even put a meme on a tweet of something that wasn't TMD oh. Tower, if you can believe it. Wow. I know. Um, so I think something that is a very good habit for people to learn is to cut creatures that are just like beaters, right? Okay. So we talked about it earlier. I'm actually going to cut great Gatebreaker Ram. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at you for Two it. Two colors and a green. Uh, creature Sheep, which is kind of cool. Um, not Ipex, which, <laughs> so Audio's Goat Tribal. Uh, Gatebreaker Ram gets plus one, plus one for each gate you control. As long as you control two or more gates, Gatebreaker Ram has Vigilance and Trample. So I got white hot on this Ravnica block, the recent one, of anything that said gate on it, right? 
Sure. But this card is bonkers and limited, but now having a 7-7 with Vigilance and Trample and no other abilities doesn't really get the job done. In my in my oh so humble opinion. So I'm gonna cut this for a Well, I mean he he could be bigger than a seven seven. Agreed, but again, it's just like board wide yeah, removal, what, whatever. What what good does a ten ten with trample really do you if that's all it that's is? It. And that's at that's yeah. at best, right? So you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna rip your headphones off and storm off. I'm cutting in for a brand new card from Zendikar Rising Commander. Uban Moldaya Ancestor. Colorless, red, green, white. Legendary creature, elf spirit. 3-3. Three, three. At the beginning of combat on your turn, up to one target landing control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn. Where X is Ubun's power, it's still a land. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield in your control, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. So for me, this is like backup plan. You talked about, we talked about earlier in your decks how you have like plan one, plan two, plan three, right? So for me, this card mm-hmm. is the plan three option. Eventually, if someone figures out what I'm doing, I can still beat face and also get the landfall triggers. I knew you were going to go with the new Omnath, which is a better option than this one by a country yes. mile. But if you had the option to have both these in here as these sort of like bizarro backup commanders, this gives me a chance to at least exist in the red zone. Yeah. Um, now is this now is this a greasy selection? Hashtag greasy. Hundred percent. There's a lot of work that's going to make this work, but I like it because it gives the deck something else to do besides just find the mazes end. Yeah, but you just said you wanted to. You're literally cutting this for a card that you're like, ah, it's just a beater. Right. This is literally just a beater. Correct. But he can also make other beaters. And the other thing I like about it, it's only till end of turn, right? So there's there's a there's a version of this deck where you just turn your you weaponize your lands and turn them into three threes or whatever. But the problem with that is like board wipe, you're effed, right? The reason why I like this yeah. one more than those is that it's still just until end of turn, right? You're gonna spend the damage here, you're gonna spend damage there. Maybe he's got the range for it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. Um, I, I think it's a little. I think him in the ninety nine is too narrow, it's too greasy, which is which literally fits the fact that he is a pre con box commander. Right. It's a, he's supposed to be at the lead, not in the ninety nine. But hey, if, if you want to give it a shot and then have me, uh, you know, swords to plowshare your land, I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs> happy, happy to do it. So. Any, any way you cut it, though, and honestly, we talked about this before about the, the cuts we're doing. I'm just going to cut Gatebreaker Ram for another forest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. All right. No budget. I'm cutting the Mastermind's acquisition because I didn't understand yep, the card. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I'm going to cut it for a card that we have featured on this here CMD Tower Bruise and Builds twice as the commander. (laughs) I think you need to add Kynos and Tiro of Melitus to the deck. And once again, everything but black. Uh So that's red, green, white, blue, legendary creature, human soldier. It's a 2-8. Gives you big butt, big protection. Look what we fought for. Look what we built together. And I do think they sound like that. Thank you for asking. I agree. So here's why I'm recommending... Kynos and Tiro of Melitus for this deck. At the beginning of your instep, draw a card. 
Each player may put a land card. You keep talking about how land card is important sure. to you from his or her hand onto the battlefield that each opponent who didn't draws a card. This does two things for you. A, actually three, protects your face, gets you closer to Maze's End, and does actually give you a semblance of, guys, I'm, I'm just like a Maze's End deck. I'm not really that scary. Everyone, everyone yeah. draw cards. It feeds into your politics nonsense that shouldn't work, <laughs> but it does on these simple-minded fools out there. <laughs> it's like the Force, right? So, works on the simple-minded. Uh, I think this card would be great for this deck. Yeah, I agree. Full stop. I'm shocked this is still $10. <laughs> Seems like a lot for it, but yes, I agree. Um, I think this was a deck that I played more, and once I get the mana base sorted out, this card's a slam dunk in it, right? Play your land, draw your card, yeah. do the thing. Convince people that you're not trying to do the other thing that you're actually trying to do. And it actually feeds into Omnath, because I'm going to be putting that Omnath into my Goad Me Another One mm -hmm. deck, because I play my land for turn, I gain the four life. Even if I don't have another land, I'm going to get another trigger at the end, or if I don't have a way to play the other land, I'm going to have to trigger at the end step. That's going to get me another, you know, everything but black. Maybe I have an instant spell. Sure. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that. Plus, it'll trigger on everyone's end step. So if you don't have your burgeoning, well, hey, opponent. Draw a card, put a land out. Oh, you put out a land? I'll put out a land. I gained four life. Maybe on a rotation, you gained 16 life. Easy. 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 I like Easy. it. All right, man. Bring us home. What are you going to cut? And what are you going to add? So I'm actually going to break the budget here a little bit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut Crackling Doom. As they mentioned earlier. No! I like the fact that it's <laughs> sacrifice, but the problem is... This card does work in like a Marchesa deck where I'm trying to control people and trying to keep their life levels toll low and also try to control their board, right? But in this deck, it just it was a filler card for me. Okay. Mardu, whatever, right? Like I, I don't know. It, it's a it's a very like as we've talked about before, meat and potatoes card, right? It does the thing and it does it and then goes to your graveyard numbers and goes back. But I'm gonna cut a I'm gonna add a card from your Favorite set of Modern all Horizons. time. Yes, sir. We're going to add a legendary Planeswalker, Ren. Oh. Yeah. Ren and six for a colorless and a green. Um, it's bonkers. My mythic. And I will say again, mythic. This is also a card when it first got spoiled, me and Mr. Combo were like, well, this is garbage. No one's ever going to want this. <laughs> and here we are. So Turns out everyone yeah. does, including Legacy, where it had to get banned. Brutal. So, plus one, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand, uh, and then a bunch of plank decks. <laughs> but in reality, minus one, run and six deals damage to any target. Uh, minus seven, you can emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. Be cast instant sorcery cards from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying their other costs. I will say the ultimate could matter for you. Agreed. Because maybe a Splendid Reclamation too early. Now it's in the yard. It's like, ah, oh, all right, I'll pitch a basic. I'll just do that every turn, yes. But most importantly, yeah. like we talked about, people will figure this out, right? It's, this deck doesn't take a mathematician to figure out how, to, how it works. Yeah. Uh, I want to tell you, man, I play Renin 6 in a couple decks. No one ever deals with it. Really? Ever. Yep. Let me tell you, it feels real good. I even play this in CEDH to get my fetch lands back. And I just keep doing it over and over. No one ever hits it. Really? Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. I think it's because it upticks so slowly. I mean, it's what, four, five, six, seven. It takes five turns to ultimate. Right. So I just don't think people really care. And then even when it gets close, it's like, I'll just ping it for one. Yeah. I don't want to throw my full force we'll figure at it. Out. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I will say this. Is this card as good as Tybalt the Fiend-Blooded? Absolutely not. Yes, it's better. I disagree. It's absolutely better. And history will show its face on this one. But the issue with this card is... If I'm going to own a copy of this card, it's it's similar to the uh, what were we talking about the Yachtmoth's Will argument that we had. Oh where yeah, it's like if I want to own a copy of this, it's gonna have to be something severe to make me put it into this deck, as opposed to <laughs> literally every other Jug deck that I own. I do have a copy sitting in my binder downstairs. If you're interested, let's make a. Yes. Well, let's make it to the end of the episode. And as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We are announcing now giving away the Zendikar Rising EDH decks. Super nice. pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, giving away the pair uh, to enter. It's extremely simple. Just to help promote the content that we put out. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, and we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News November 3rd and online soon after. And yes, these giveaways will be happening every month as long as you keep supporting Level 1, keep supporting CMD Tower. What are the giveaways? No one knows. We'll just have to see what they are but we would love some positive feedback on whatever consumption platform you're watching us whether it's on youtube uh, or a podcast platform five-star reviews are always appreciated one-star reviews direct them at the command zone uh, that's really where you meant to do that uh, if you'd like to find out more ways to get a hold of us and enter into the contest here's how you can do that you can reach me at mr combo five on twitter all spelled out except for the five big tuck where could people reach your maze to maybe end up a brew buddy. You mean to end my suffering. Um, I actually still am, if you can believe it, <laughs> at Big Tuck tweeting on Twitter. And like I mentioned earlier, I actually am trying to be more active with it. Um, I'm still on there. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We also have a website where this deck list and article will be posted, cmdtower.com. Uh, basically, all you got to type in is Crackling Perimeter Merciless Eviction District Guide Tower.com. Fire. Sweet McGee, if people want to find out how to get of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? I'm changing the whole format up. You can find me via email at dearsquee at cmdtower.com. I am not creating a image for that stupid email in the YouTube video. Go to hell. He's on social media too at Deer Squee. Uh, yes, you can find me at Deer Squee on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Rich Chaos Records on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can find me roaming the flatlands of Kansas. Flatlands, ooh, that'd be a good dual land. Anyways, I'm out of here. Yeah, basically, Squee is just regressing. He started off with Twitter last year. Now it's like emails as primary form of communication. Going into year two, guys, just be prepared. He's going to give you a P.O. box. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Uh, no, no I'm going to give you my, my old MySpace address. Please hit me up with a message per, on there. Perhaps a fax number is next in store. Ooh, actually, that that would be a very nice dear Squee way to, to ask me a question. You fax me a question, <laughs> I guarantee you. If you fax me a question and you can find out how to fax me a question all by yourself... I will put it up that day. I will post it to the website. But it also, that you day. also have to, 
they have to eat, they have to fax it to you on your dot matrix printer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, with the little holes on the side. The, the yeah. holes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you all know where hey. to get me. If you guys would like to actually hook up our sponsor and let them know that you fully support uh, the CMD Tower team and the giveaways that they do, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so that you came from the collective. They sell all the board game stuff that you need, all, really just everything, great people. Uh, Mia's the one that always kind of puts a lot of thought into the giveaways for you guys, so please go check them out. It's super appreciative. If you would actually like to help us out by putting some coins in our pocket uh head over to patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we have all the different tiers from the discord access to we're getting ever so close to the 50 patron goal so that way we can start having one of you guys on brews and builds plus you get a bunch of sweet swag when you sign up and as i mentioned at the top of the cast if you join at least the squeeze choir starting this october 2020 depending on when you're listening to this uh through the end of the calendar year you will get a ugly christmas sweater yeah, yeah. That is CMD Tower yeah. themed. This isn't just like random, you know, thrift shop stuff. It's it's one we're designing. As well as all the tiers give you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. Now, if you can't help us out from a monthly perspective, but you would still like to get some of the sweet swag that our patrons get access to, you could just buy it directly through our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We have different bundles on there. The shipping's still only $3 because we can't figure it out. Payment method, send me a message because we can't figure that out either. <laughs> We're just really, really in the dumps on this. But who knows, maybe in the next week we will figure it out. And of course, thank you again to uh, Pink Royal for the music provided. So, Big Tuck, to kick off Weird Mechanic Month, Golos and the Path for Maze's End. How do you feel? I don't think we could have kicked it off uh, any weirder. Um, no, it's like, it's, this is another deck where I don't play it very often, so it's always, it was very surprising even to me to be like, oh, these cards are in this deck? This deck's worth $200? Do I need to move these anywhere else? Um, yeah, so I, unless I take a note out of Andrew from Ultra Budget Brews, there's not a lot I think I can change to make this deck like an all-star, where it's like, oh, I'm going to play this and, and get a good work. However, that being said, it still is a deck that's consistently fun to play. Just like come out there and just be like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to try to do this thing. You guys can stop <laughs> it if you want. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know, uh, this is a Big Tuck deck because, as he has said many times throughout this episode, he's downplayed the deck. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm just kind of, I don't want to think, I just want to do this. But in reality, all he's doing is politicking you ahead of time, so that way he gets the Maze's, wind, Maze's End win whenever he plays you next. Don't buy into it. It's fake news. Uh, he is Russia, and we have been... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>